the greatest show of all, Johnny Bang Bang Show. Here's your host, Robert Hippard. He's right, he's right, I am your host, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another edition of the Johnny Bang Bang Show, I am... Robert Gifford, and I'm excited to be back with you again. This is our second episode of our premiere season. Uh, I said my thank yous the other day. I am ready to jump right into it. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got a lot of things to talk about today. We've got to talk about SmackDown, AEW, and NXT that took place this week. We're going to get into some house cleaning items. I got something I want to touch on about Ronda Rousey. And then at the end, we're going to talk about and reveal our first ever bracket spring competition of our best ever Oh, I think I might just leave you there in suspense. Best ever what? We will get to that and all and more, but I want to start this week with SmackDown because SmackDown is the thing that's most fresh in our minds. And ladies and gentlemen, just as soon as I told you, I give credit to WWE for their incredible weekend that was WrestleMania. I have to pump the brakes a little bit here. You know, I don't want to I don't want to critique something too soon. But I told you, as much as I'm a Vince McMahon guy, sometimes they can make silly decisions. And I, I thought silly decision number one when Bray Wyatt first became the fiend was to put the strap on him. Did not think that was something that needed to be done. Uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's an oddity. He's one of those uh, mystique characters that you don't need to see too much of. I think they've done a really good job with Bray Wyatt as Bray Wyatt and the Firefly Funhouse. That's something that we could see on a reoccurring um, basis. But the fiend is something special. That's... That's uh, this mysterious um, um, mythical creature that we should only see so often. And uh, I don't want anybody to become so uh, diluted to who he is as a character because he is something special that we haven't seen for quite some time in this business. Maybe not since Mankind or The Undertaker was first revealed. That being said, what exactly am I referring to? Well, last night to start the show, Braun Strowman and Shinsuke Nakamura had a had a war of words, so to speak, that would lead up to the main event. And then at the main event, once that took place, Braun Strowman eventually would end up with the win. And then we heard this. Run. Braun, I brought you in from the swamp and I gave you a home. But you turn your back on me. You turn your back on your family. You turn your back on your own creator. But I think I can forgive him. Right? No, you can't forgive him. He's too big. I actually think Braun's a good guy. Shut up, Rabbit. <laughs> they, they don't want to forgive you. But I will, if you just tell me you're sorry. Go ahead, son. Make me proud. Go ahead, son. Make me proud. Which, of course, Bray then responded with, I'm not going to play any of your games, Bray. And uh, my response to him would be, yeah, you are. You're going to play his game. Because 95% of this rivalry is going to be Bray Wyatt in the Firefly Funhouse. You are going to play his game. I mean, if they do this rivalry right, that's exactly how they should do it. Doesn't mean I think the timing of it is correct. This is an angle that I actually look forward to. I was always looking down the road for the day that Braun and Bray battled off, you know. But that was back when Bray Wyatt, or back when Braun Strowman was this larger-than-life figure, this big monster of men. It just doesn't feel that way right now. I'm sorry, but there's just not a connection with the, the WWE Universe and Braun Strowman. 
We talked on the last show about why that is. It's a couple years too late. And I think this angle is a couple years too early. If Braun Strowman is going to bring anything to this rivalry that Bray Wyatt can't carry, if it somehow would be a 60-40-70-30, which would be the best case scenario, because that's how good Bray Wyatt is on the mic and at building these types of things, then Braun Strowman is going to have to get built back up. And right now, they are light years away from that. So like I said, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of critiquing something before I see it, especially this early. And maybe I'll be surprised, and I hope I am. I hope I eat my words this time next week or this time in two weeks. But right now, it's just it doesn't feel like the timing is right on this one. A couple other notable things to get into about SmackDown. It looks like Tamina is going to be the next contender for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Um, they're going to continue to carry out the Bailey and Sasha role models type of friendship, which I'm okay with. Eventually, that will add a little sauce to the fire when it comes to the time when Sasha does eventually turn on Bailey, or maybe they'll swerve us and Bailey will turn on Sasha. Might even be that much better. Tamina, she's going to get her chance here. This is the time for someone like Tamina to get her run. Probably be a month long, maybe six weeks, just to get us through these tough times. She's due. She's put her work in. She's put her time in. Forgotten Sons, they made their debut last night. I'm a fan of them. I think they did a good job in the NXT. They work really hard. Uh, I like the Forgotten Sons mantra. Three guys who are just here to kick ass and take names. And I think they're going to bring something to the SmackDown division if they stay. Who knows with the draft coming up. But I think they'd be a nice addition to these teams that have three. You know, the New Day and... Uh, uh, well, the Usos only have two, but and Miz and Morrison. I, I, I like where the tag team division is headed right now. I really do. But enough about SmackDown. Let's go on to AEW. The only thing notable for AEW right now for me personally is Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho is probably doing the best work of his career, at least arguably. He just seems to be like a fine wine. He's getting better as he gets older. He was in the broadcast booth this week with Tony Schiavone, completely entertaining. Some of the things that he had to say. I mean, Matt Hardy's on the show now, and they're kind of building up to their feud. They're going to work on the, the new elite deletion, as they keep uh, referencing it to be. Jake Hager is on here. looks like he's going to have a feud now with uh, John Moxley. And for those of you that haven't been paying attention or maybe just trying to get caught up, John Moxley is formerly known as Dean Ambrose of WWE. And finally, Brody Lee, a.k.a. Luke Harper from WWE, is the exalted one, and he is still squashing jobbers to get his his name and his uh, gimmick over i have a lot of thoughts on aew and the way they book things there's supposed to be this alternative brand the wwe that and their fan base they mark out don't get me wrong their fan base is unlike anything i've seen there is definitely was a market of people that were upset at the way wwe was doing things and they were starving for an alternative and aew is it and I think for an, an up-and-start company, they've done a fantastic job. What bothers me is that somehow they're supposed to be on the same level as the WWE. They're not. I mean, what are we talking about here? I am a WWE diehard. I, I'll admit that. But my bias doesn't come in so much that it skews what I'm seeing on the TV. Imagine this, if you will. AEW's last pay-per-view was called AEW Revolution. It was a really good pay-per-view. 
I actually really enjoyed the way John Moxley became the champion. I I think they've done a really good job of building that. They had 7,000 people in attendance, and I'm telling you, if you haven't seen an AEW show, watch it. You want to feel an energy? You want to be a part of something? AEW brings that. The crowd carries the show, in my opinion. They do a fantastic job. And I'm not down... I'm not downgrading any of the wrestlers because, again, I want to be more of a fan of AEW than I'm allowed to be because right now it seems like everybody wants them to be on this same level playing field. I mean, what are we talking about? But imagine this, if you will. On that card, this brand new way of doing things, on that card you had Jake Hager versus Dustin Rhodes. Now, for those of you that don't know who those two are, Dustin Rhodes is a.k.a. Goldust versus Jack Swagger. Can you imagine, can you imagine if WWE put on Jack Swagger versus Goldust on one of their pay-per-views, let alone giving them 14 minutes? Can you imagine the outrage that the fan would have for WWE for putting Goldust versus Jack Swagger? Now, I get it, I get it. Any story can make anybody relevant, and that much I agree with. So to a certain degree, there's a level of contradiction I'm having. I admit, Jake Hager is a little more interesting with Chris Jericho backing him. I've always thought Goldust would be a first ballot Hall of Famer, so I have no issues with Goldust whatsoever. Dustin Rhodes, Goldust, I think he's great. But he was an older veteran, and as WWE Universe does, they were tired of seeing him fight on these cards. Push to new talent. Push to new talent. Well, let me just give you some of the talent that was on the AEW Revolution. Jake Hager, Dustin Rhodes, both former WWE guys. Pac, former WWE guy. Chris Jericho, John Moxley, they main evented your AEW World Championship, former WWE guy. So, what I'm trying to understand is if they're this alternative program, why are five, six, seven of their guys fighting on your card? Oh, that's right. That's right. What it, the problem is is that these guys outside of John Moxley, Chris Jericho, and Cody Rhodes, these guys are mid-carders. At best, Jake Hager, Jack Swagger, was a mid-card guy. Goldust, he ventured a little more towards the top. But they're mid-card guys. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. But when you are swimming into this ocean that is the WWE when it comes to talent, you better step up and step out, be seen, be heard, and get over. If you're not getting over, what are you doing for me? I don't know, there ain't enough creative in the world that can get you to go out there and get over if you don't have the personality to stand out amongst sharks. Now, in the early 2000s, late 90s, those boys weren't sharks. Those were, those were great whales. There's only a handful of the guys today in the WWE that could compete and hang with those boys from that roster. But the roster's still deep. I would say that we have elevated mid-carters to higher-ups in the WWE right now, and that is where the creative can push them. But get a personality. Get a clue. What are we talking about here? 
I am a diehard WWE fan, but I still really, really, really enjoyed WCW back in the day. I really, really like AEW's energy. It stands off way more than NXT does. It's hard to not turn the channel on NXT and go see what AEW Revolution's doing, or I'm sorry, AEW's doing, because they're a, they're a fun, exciting product. You put it on, it's hard not to stay there. They do really good things. Don't get me wrong. I am so glad that AEW exists because competition is always better and best believe there was a market for what AEW is. WWE did drop the ball for a very long time and therefore this is a product of it. But don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. These smart marks, and for those of you that don't know what a smart mark is or a smart It's a smart mark fan. It's just a fan that knows the inner workings of how the professional wrestling business works, and they continue to carry on anyways. They they still cheer. They still jeer the whole thing. However, in this particular case, they sometimes outsmart themselves. The problem that they have is the very thing that they created. It's the very thing that they created. They would get so mad at WWE for years. Why aren't they pushing more of these guys? Why aren't they pushing more of these guys? These mid-card guys. Oh, give Dolph Ziggler a chance. Give Alberto Del Rio a chance. Give these guys a chance. Why isn't Cody Rhodes getting his love? He's a, he's a megastar. No, he's not. He thinks he is. But why aren't they getting the love? Well, that's what would happen. These mid-card guys wouldn't get a push at a... At name any WWE show, and therefore the smart mark would get pissed, start booing, and throw nothing but negative hate towards WWE. Oh, but guess what happens? The moment you get what you want, what happens? That is when the smart mark turns on you, and they're ready for the next flavor of the month. See, that is the problem that I have. Everybody wanted Seth Rollins to beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania last year. The moment that happened, look where he's at a year later. I love his character now because he's speaking truth. He's speaking facts. I mean, that is almost a shoot if I've ever seen one. A shoot is something that's real, ladies and gentlemen. He is absolutely preaching gospel, in my opinion, because I can't tell you enough bad things about these smart marks. They just, they get under my skin. They look for an alternative. I'm glad it's here. It makes competition, and therefore competition makes both products better. Cody Rhodes is great for what he is, but by no means can he main event a WrestleMania with the best sharks that this current roster of talent in every single professional wrestling organization right now. And if anybody wants to debate me on it, you can hit me up at any one of my social media. You got Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can even email me. All of them at JBB Wrestling. Please do. I look forward to the challenge or the conversation that we have amongst each other. We have to move on. Let's get the house cleaning. Play the clip. You know, we didn't need it. We didn't need the money. So it's just like, what am I doing it for if I am not being able to spend my time and my energy on my family, but instead spending my time on energy on a bunch of fucking ungrateful fans that don't even appreciate me. So I was like, man, like, and the thing is like, I love performing. I love the girls. I love being out there. But, um, at the end of the day, I was just like, 
fuck these fans, dude. My family loves me and they appreciate me and I want all my energy to go into them. That clip you just heard, ladies and gentlemen, was Ronda Rousey as she appeared on the podcast Wild Ride with Steve-O, and she had those thoughts to share with the WWE Universe and her thoughts on coming back to the WWE in general. She gave those comments when asked if she would come back full-time, and she was not happy with the reaction that she got from the crowds when she was there. I... I I'm a huge fan of Ronda Rousey. I wanted her to win last year uh, at the main event of WrestleMania 35. When I was there in New Orleans at WrestleMania 34, when she debuted with Kurt Angle to go against Stephanie McMahon and Triple H and threw Triple H and Stephanie's ass all over the ring, she did such a fantastic job in her debut in the ring that I think her expectations for herself even grew. But when she first came, everybody was excited to see her. She got that initial pop. And then it started fizzling and fizzling because you have to earn it. And that's the part that I don't think Ronda Rousey has really ever understood. I love her. I hope she comes back full time. It doesn't sound like she's going to. And I know maybe I'm, I'm a part of a work here, but she, she did a shoot work or a work shoot for her buildup with uh, Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair at last year's WrestleMania. So maybe this is what this is. I could be wrong because she does this enough times What's going to happen is is that she uses the term fake, and I know that rubs the WWE wrestlers the wrong way. Not just WWE wrestlers, professional wrestling wrestlers. It rubs them the wrong way. There's a term in the business called kayfabe, and she, she, doesn't, she doesn't flirt with that line. She goes directly past it. There's an unwritten rule. You don't use that word. Um, but given her marketing value and how mainstream she is and the crossover value that she has, I think Vince McMahon turns a blind eye to it sometimes. Um, I hope she does come back part-time, full-time, doesn't matter. She escalates the women's division, and I mean tenfold, to the next to the next level. I personally believe wholeheartedly she's the reason why the women's division, as good as Becky Lynch um, and Charlotte Flair are, without that mainstream name attached to it last year, I don't believe the women's division uh, main event WrestleMania. Um, I just, wow, strong words coming from Ronda Rousey. Next up in house cleaning, it looks like the XFL might be done. Uh, Kevin Seifert over at the ESPN has written, the XFL suspends operations, and he asked the question, is the league finished? What we know and don't know. There's an article that was on the ESPN News over there. He talks about how the league has suspended all of its operations for the remaining of this year and has no expectations to currently return into the year 2021. Brian Alvarez of uh, the Wrestling Observer has just gave us the ratings for AEW and NXT this week. Looks like 693,000 people tuned in to watch NXT and 692,000 people turned in to watch AEW. This is pretty significant stuff as you're considering 1,000 different or 1,000 person difference in between the two. The shows usually usually are dominated by AEW. Um, AEW is uh, generally in their six-month run has been beating NXT with a couple occasions. NXT and AEW are both down from their original fan base during this quarantine time. Uh, hopefully we can get both those back up here soon. And finally, for those of you that are huge in the documentaries and still love professional wrestling, let this be the exact thing that you needed. Viceland. 
if you have that channel in YouTube, for the second season in a row, have brought Dark Side of the Ring series back. I'm telling you, I've seen the first two episodes that they've aired this year. The first one being a two-parter on Chris Benoit's story and the tragic uh, double homicide, suicide that was his life and his ending. And then finally, the other one was, if you are not familiar with the Vince Russo, Jim Cornette brawl for all angle in the mid-90s that WWE put off, these are all stories that unfortunately have a undertone of darkness to them, but there's a whole lot of great content in there. Check it out. It's the best thing I've watched this week. Viceland and YouTube, Dark Side of the Ring series. I'm talking about the former Intercontinental Champion of the World, Macho Man nothing Randy. Means nothing. 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 nothing means nothing. Man. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? I'm talking about all the way to the top, yeah. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream will rise to the top, oh yeah. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I want you to send me your choices, your participants in this first ever Johnny Bing Bing Wrestling Best Promo Bracket. This is going to be just like the March Madness style. I want you to DM me. You can go to Instagram, Facebook. You can go to Twitter. You can even email me if you need to at JBB Wrestling. I want to know what you think were the best promos done of all time. I'm not just talking somebody who cut just a random backstage, but actually cut a promo whether it be the hard times won by Dusty Rhodes or anything Macho Man, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, John Cena, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock. Give me your participants and we are going to size them up against each other and see what the best promo of all time is. As for now, that was me. This has been our journey together today. See you down the road. Peace.